Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Ah, yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash clay and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, puretalk.com slash clay to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. All right, welcome in second hour of Clay and Buck. Kicks off right now, everybody. And you, you may have seen or or uh, at least come across a headline or two about it. House hearing on gender-affirming care is today. And there are people who are speaking both for advocates for and people uh, advocates against gender-affirming care for minors. They're at a, a House Judiciary subcommittee hearing. So they're talking about things like gender dysphoria, Title IX, women's sports, and parental decision-making about gender-affirming care. This is a really big deal, uh, what's going on right now. I would first start with, I choke a little bit on this phrase that is used. I'm reading it from the uh, the news reports, but gender-affirming care, this is a new Orwellian construct, and it is, in fact, uh, in a sense, um, self-negating. Right. Or, or it is self contradictory. Gender affirming care would be the gender that you are. Right. It doesn't make any sense. If you were born a male and now you are going to become a female by gender, then that's a transition. And I think what everybody has to remember here is that we've had a term for this for a long time, going back for many, many years. People used to say, I'm not saying the medical term, but the term that we would use in common discourse for this. Sex change operation. Now, say what you will about this. That's at least honest. You you know, now there's also dishonesty baked into it because you can't actually change your sex. A man cannot actually become a woman. That is not reality, but it, it is at least an attempt at achieving that. Really what they should call it, if we're being honest, is sex modification surgery because if you have a penis and they remove your penis and try to create some kind of a wound that is going to be there that you you've modified your sex i think that is fair um i think you've mutilated your sex i think it's generally for a a lot of people 
uh, a point of regret. We'll get to some of the testimony about this in, in a second. You don't have to take my word for it. You can listen to people that have gone through this. But, Clay, they're doing this now, and they're pushing this now for children. And this is for this is what has become the red line. We are not the ones who pick this fight. We are not the ones who make an issue of this. The Democrat left are the ones who have decided that this is now the new civil rights struggle. Let's just call it what it is. That is what they say. And the fact that they're already lying about this and they're referring to it in ways that are meant to, I think, uh, distract people from what's really going on tells you a lot. Here is um, testifying this morning, a witness, Chloe Cole, talking about what happened with her, quote, gender-affirming care. Play clip one. My childhood was ruined, along with thousands of detransitioners that I know through our networks. This needs to stop. You alone can stop it. Enough children have already been victimized by this barbaric pseudoscience. Please let me be your final warning. Clay, the more people learn about it, and you know we, we have to speak about it very honestly here, the more people learn about the long-term complications, um, the, the fact that a large percentage of people who have sex change surgery, and by the way, they're going to start saying you're not allowed to say that. You know, This is going to become like a lot of other words. That's what this is. They're doing sex change surgeries on people. They want to do them on minors now. And you could say, oh, well, it's just puberty blockers. Well, that's the tra- that, that's the transition to the transition, if you will, right? Um, they make people incontinent. They make people incapable of holding their urine. They make people incapable of having children. This is as serious as it gets. Yeah, it's awful. I, I mean, I, I just keep coming back to, I think we have to sometimes take away the sex change discussion for for minors in particular and just pivot it to something that's far less significant but i think would make a lot of parents cringe and a lot of you who remember being 15 years old um are we talking tattoos again yeah yeah because buck i've got a 15 year old right now he's getting picked up at uh he's getting picked up at camp right now today by my wife up in michigan if she picked him up and when she picked them up, he had a tattoo. I would be furious. I would be furious. He's 15. The idea that you would get a tattoo that is a permanent marking on your body at 15 years old is would be infuriating to me. That somebody would have set him down in a chair and allowed him to do this. And I think most parents out there would feel the same way. You shouldn't get a tattoo when you're 15 years old. It's not because I think that tattoos are unacceptable. Certainly when you become an adult, if you decide that you want to get a tattoo, you should be able to do it. But we actually criminalize in some states, Buck, parents who allow their kids to get tattoos at 15. We criminalize parents who don't send their kids to school. Right? Yes. You can get truancy. You get it. Yeah, that's that's a, a function of but, law. But, you know, you can get a tattoo removed. And yet we still say, if you allow a child to do this as a minor, as a parent, this is considered to be unacceptable. Buck, what's scary is that testimony we just heard. Some blue states now are trying to pass laws that say when you're 15 years old, you, without parental consent, have the right to do this. And if your parents try to stop you from doing it, they are breaking the law. Yes. That's how expansive this has gotten. You're going to see now, and they're already making um, moves in this direction legislatively. They are trying to make it so that if, there will come a time, my friends, when if your child comes home from school at age 8 or age 10 or age 15 and says, I'm not a he, I'm a she, or I'm actually, you know, whatever, whatever the latest 
terminology that's being they're being brainwashed with and you say no actually you're not and we're not going to do this and you're not and and that school finds out and the state finds out if you're in some communist blue state uh they might try to take your kids from you yeah that's where this is going i I just want everyone to understand that's if you're looking at the slope that has been so slippery up to this point the plan is to do just that and you can see it with the so they have um uh, they're calling it like safe haven legislation. It's already passed in, I think, Colorado and I believe Washington State now as well, where if a 15-year-old flees to Colorado and says, I'm actually trans and my parents won't affirm it, the state has no duty, in fact, has a duty to shield the ch- uh, this child from the parents finding out and doing anything about it. Think about that. Yeah, it's crazy. And I also would point out, some people will say in response to this, well, if you don't allow these surgeries to happen, if you don't allow this treatment to happen, kids are going to commit suicide. That's one of the top arguments. This is important for mental health. And I would just point out, and I, I believe as if we actually had honest studies, this is what it would reflect. The desire to change your gender at 14 or 15 years old is not a, is not causing mental illness if you're not allowed to do it it's a symptom of mental illness if you believe and and if you are 14 or 15 and you think the only way you can be happy is by being in a different body the vast vast majority of the time buck i think that's a symptom of already existing mental illness not a symptom of it's going to suddenly be cured if you have that surgery right all you have to know it reminds me of COVID a little bit Whenever the studies come out and show what is true, the activists attack. They want it withdrawn. They want it shut down. They don't say the data is fake. They, yeah. they don't say the study is flawed. They say this is this is going to create. They come up with some narrative. A famous example of this was the uh, study that was pulled about rapid onset gender dysphoria among children that was published out of Brown University, which is the most left wing university. Uh, I mean, it's technically Ivy League, but really, it's just like a a, a communist. Uh, uh, den of lunacy um but just say <laughs> brown university coming oh, in brown, brown don't even they don't even get yeah. grades the place is a joke i'm just i'm throwing down the gauntlet oh i had a great education there it's a beautiful school blah blah i know not a serious not a serious academic institution says the amherst guy i'm throwing down the gauntlet over this one um so anyway the uh the reality here is clay um they're lying about this all the time and chloe cole also said this about uh about her experience this was on fox news to your point about mental illness and what's really going on play clip two do you believe that societal pressures toward transitioning are outpacing our understanding of gender dysphoria it's a huge part of it i mean a lot of these people getting caught up on this are kids who have a previous history mental illnesses Mm -hmm. many of them don't really have very many friends at school or have much of a sense of community in their own neighborhoods within their their family even, and they seek that somewhere else. They seek that through these communities online. And and here's the other thing, Buck. I guarantee you, and, and this is just broad life advice, right? It's Friday show. Broad life advice here. If you feel like you need to make, as a young person, a drastic change to your life in order to be happy, and I would say that trying to change your gender is a drastic change, I think what happens with a lot of these kids and what she's testifying to, Buck, is you make that drastic change and it doesn't feel, it doesn't fill the void inside of you such that you're actually still unhappy 
and now you've put yourself in a such more difficult position than you were in in the first place. Well, this goes to your point about um, this goes to your point about about uh, tattoos. It's also there's a whole range of issues, right? Um, uh, you know, people can argue with what the drinking age should be, but part of why there's a you know there's a, a drinking age legally is to take those kinds of drugs can. Uh, you know, you're at a young age and it'll have more of an effect on you and you're less likely to be able to understand the implications and what addiction is. Um, obviously age of consent laws, you're, you're, you're young, you're, you're not able, you're not of an adult mind where right. you can legally say to somebody that you're willing to take on those, uh, those math, you know, the ma- massive decision of, of actually, uh, you know, sexual relations with somebody. So, you know, there are, there's plenty of precedent for this, but the, the thing is, Clay, the left, this is a civil rights struggle for them. That, that's yeah. where this, the, they have created this whole other echelon of all these risks. And, and everyone needs to understand this. All the stuff we talk about, the, uh, sterility, the, you know, the high suicide rate afterwards, the fact that it's irreversible, the gender hormones, the same stuff that they give to sex, cr- uh, criminals in some cases, they'll give puberty blockers, they'll give to these, uh, young people that are having gender dysphoria. Um, all of this stuff that we see going on, the left looks at it and says, worth it for gender affirmation. And that's what I think should be so terrifying to people. They know. They just don't care. And they actually, to your point on gender change, the reason you can't use that phrasing is because they believe you're actually the gender that you're being transformed into, actually. That's why they say which doctors is a lot. get it wrong now at, yeah, at birth. Which is, which is not true. But that's, that's exactly right. That's why the at birth thing... This is the philosophy when people understand this. And it's also why you've already started to see the if you're not attracted to a trans woman, you're a bigot. No, I'm just heterosexual. Like, what what, what are you talking about? Makes no sense. Maybe you want to have kids also. You know, like, I mean, again, the, the, the fact that we are sterilizing minors. Think about how crazy that is. If you at 15, you might say, oh, I never want kids when I grow up. Okay, I mean, but most people change their mind. Maybe you don't. That's fine, too. But the fact that you would take away that option for life from a 15-year-old is, I, I, I mean, I don't just think, I mean, I, I think this is barbaric. And and I would also point out, Buck, another good analogy here is, remember how fired up left-wingers got? And I think it's it's justifiably so with the idea of genital mutilation surgery in Africa uh, on women. The fact that you would take away their ability to to live yeah, F- as FGM, some women would get infections and die from it. It's barbaric. Yes. It's horrific. All that. Yes. And yet we're doing that to our kids in the United States now when we're changing their genders. Well, well, your point is actually is particularly I think apt because that one of the objections the left has to that is that it's for religious reasons. Yeah, it's for religious reasons here too, oh, everybody. Yeah. It's just not a religion that has to do with God. It's the truth. Yeah. This has become an ideological fixation, a cult-like fixation of the left in this country. And they're not honest. It's it's always one of these things, too. They're not even honest about what the... You can't talk about what the procedures are. As I've always said so many times, if you sit there and you say, hey, I'm getting I'm getting heart surgery. I'm getting orthoscopic, uh, you know, or, orthoscopic knee surgery. You can say, doc, what are the risks? And you can talk about it, and no one cringes, and no one says, why yeah. are you talking about this? When we sit here and we say all the, it, it shows you that you're probably going to, ha- you're going to have issues with sterility, phantom pain. You're going to have to treat. If you're a man who tries to create a, a female, doesn't work. It doesn't actually happen. 
but you're going to have to treat it like an open wound for years that you know you hope doesn't get infected. I mean, it's horrible. I mean, it's cringeable to eat, cringeworthy to even think about it. Think about it. If you're a guy, you're just creating an open wound in your body for the rest of your life, and you're calling that a brave and courageous thing to do. It's hor- It's it's uh, and and the thing that they're going after the kids because once they've done it, I think you said that uh, was this. A Jordan Peterson was pointing this out recently. He's completely correct. Uh, once they get parents to do this to their kids, then they're complicit. Yeah. Once the parents go along with it, now you've created like shock troops for the gender movement because they're never going to want to admit that they've done this to their ch- their children in error. All right, sure. we'll get back to this. We'll get back to this in a second, friends. Um, switching gears here for a second. Look, we we want to make sure that you protect your data as best you can. You should have a backup of it at all times. Glaze book's coming out in a few weeks. He had to make sure it was ready to go. So I've also got a book that'll be coming out next summer. I'm writing it right now. Guess what? Your data is so important to you. And if your comp- if your computer crashes or something bad happens, well, what do you do? You need iDrive. It's just a backup system that you want to have running all the time to back up your PCs, Mac servers, and mobile devices. You can do this into one account for one cost. You don't even have to think about it. iDrive does all the work for you. It's really well regarded too. PC Magazine has named iDrive the winner eight years in a row for having the best cloud backup solution for everyone, consumers and businesses. Go to iDrive.com. That's I as in the letter drive, uh, I as in the letter rather, and drive.com. iDrive.com. Plans start at less than $7 a month. Save 90% off your first year when you use my name, Buck, in your sign up process. 90% off. Go to iDrive.com. Sign up today. Use promo code Buck for 90% off your first year. Play Travis Mark Simone on the front lines of truth. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 
G-O-L-D. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and a top-tier data security system. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average-sized family saves almost $1,000 a year. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash buck and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash buck to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. In Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We are rolling through the Friday edition of the program. And Buck, I would say one of the things that characterizes the modern Democrat Party is they say a lot of things that would actually be classified as super racist. (laughs) As in, if you are this color, there is an issue with you. And of course, white men, who I believe, Buck, represent 30% now of the American population, roughly. Um, White men are the bane of all evil. We are the cause of everything that is ill in the world. And it's amazing how often... Democrats just come right out and explicitly say white men are the problem. And I saw this from our good friend Ilhan Omar, uh, who is a representative of Congress from Minnesota. She was doing an interview. I think this was an interview with Al Jazeera. The team can uh, confirm with me that that is true because, of course, no one pursues the truth more than Al Jazeera. Uh, and she would, she said that everybody out there should be fearful of white men listen to cut seven i would say uh, uh, our, our country should be more fearful of 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 white men across our country because they are actually um causing uh, most of the deaths within this country okay now wow. leaving aside buck unless she's referring to dr fauci uh which is a good joke that i saw uh out there leaving aside dr fauci is this is this racist in your opinion, Buck, or super racist? How would you define this? Well, it's certainly under the rules that we all have to live by, uh, which is that we're told you're not just allowed to to state uh, statistics about groups if it is damaging to the perception in any way or could be perceived as theoretically damaging to that group. Um, you know that it's racist. I mean, you know, pointing out at least according to the left that uh, Asian-Americans dramatically outperform everybody else on the SATs. It's a statistical fact, Yes, but if you say it in front of some people on the left, they get very upset, but they don't like that. How dare you talk about, you know, and, and making uh, math math skill jokes when it comes to the Asian-American community is not funny, it is racist, things like that. Um, in this context, well... Uh, White people are still a majority in America, so saying that a majority of anything occurs within the white community doesn't really tell you very much. If you want to talk about per capita, that would be a really interesting discussion on a whole range of topics, but I don't think we're allowed to have that discussion. Let's have it, Um, because I actually, after, so this was Al Jazeera, by the way, after Ilhan Omar's comments last night, um, First of all, we have really reliable data. And you and I talk about this, and I wrote about it quite a bit in my book uh, as well, because I've long been of this opinion. There are lots of, uh, there's lots of noise in data on crime. 
Because, for instance, let's say you live in a city and your expensive bike gets stolen outside of your house, but you know the police never come to to, to look into this. You know they're not going to be able to do anything. Then the odds that you might call the police and say, hey, I was the victim of a theft. My property was stolen is low. It doesn't mean that your neighborhood is safe or that crime isn't an issue. It's actually the opposite. You're so convinced that nothing will come of it that you just say, I'm not even going to worry about this, right? Even though losing your expensive bike when it was uh, chained outside of your house, let's say, is a big deal. Buck, maybe with you, when you would have lost your scooter back in the day. Whoa, you would have been like tears streaming down your face, but I don't know that maybe you call the police about it because that's a relatively minor crime in the context of everything else. A super serious crime, because I think this is super racist, uh, but a super serious crime would be murder. I.e., if you are killed violently, it's hard to hide the fact that you were killed violently. And I went and looked at the most recent FBI stats. And you know what? I saw something that maybe Ilhan Omar's never bothered, bothered to actually look at. And that is this. 6% of the population, roughly, 6.5% of the population, let's say, black men, commit over half of all murders. Almost all of the victims here are black as well, right? Because you're most likely to kill people of the same race as you, despite the fact that the media covers white people committing crimes against black people as if it is somehow a, a epidemic. Most murder occurs inside of your racial group. White people tend to kill white people. Black people tend to kill black people. Black people kill way more than any other ethnic group in the country. Six and a half percent of the population commits over half of all murders. Buck, on a per capita basis, this is off the charts staggering. Now, I don't think that you should judge anyone as a reflection of their race or their gender, right? I think that's racist. I think that's sexist. Judge individuals on their individual merit, on their individual ability, or as back in the day, an esteemed man might have said, by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. That's what we should aspire to in the United States and I think around the world. But... What Elon Omar said is directly racist. It's also factually inaccurate. Black men commit off-the-charts levels of violence in this country. She may not know that because maybe she's not that intelligent, or she's just fine spreading lies because it ties in with Joe Biden saying the biggest threat in our country today is MAGA Republicans and domestic right-wing extremists. So To be uh, fair, Ilhan yeah. Omar's um, skill set, anti-white racism is kind of a secondary concern. For Anti-Semitism <laughs> is really where Ilhan Omar shines, just to be that's, clear. That's where she makes, uh, that, that's where she's an elite uh, talent. That's where she's a Hall of Fame level uh, contender. So, here's the thing. If a white Republican said what Elon Omar said and said, hey, the people we need to be concerned about in America today are, let's say, Hispanics. That is a huge story. If they said, hey, the people we need to be concerned about are overwhelmingly black men, which would be statistically accurate, that would be the number one story in America and that uh, that political representative would be branded the worst racist in America. And it, I'm, you guys know all that, that I am true when I am saying this. So my question for you is, how do we defeat a world where we have created such identity politics, Buck, that both whom is speaking, the fact that Elon Omar is a black Muslim woman means that she isn't held to the same standard as a white Christian man would be, which is wrong. But also, the group that she is speaking about, white men, 
you're allowed to say anything about. So both you have a protected class speaker in Ilan Omar based on her identity, something that she did not choose, and you have a group, white men, that you can attack in a way that you couldn't anyone else. How do we, and this, I think this is a broad question for all of you on Friday as we roll into the weekend, how do we destroy the very fabric of this identity politics universe well, where Elon Omar is totally within her rights as a black uh, woman to say this about white men, and a white man could never say this about any group in America without being absolutely lacerated? What should the standard be? How do we fix it? Easy well, question it's, for you, it's, Buck, it's, on Friday. Yeah, I was going to say, it's... Um, you don't even have to just look at this in the context of violence statistics or something like that. Uh, you can, we have a culture where we're constantly told that there is uh, systemic racism against non-white individuals, right? Correct. That is that is the line, the Democrats, corporate America, the media, Hollywood, that's what they've all adopted. Meanwhile, um, if you are the wrong race and you say a word that you're not allowed to say, your entire life and career and everything can be ruined and destroyed, no matter what context you say it in, by the way, which is, I think, just wrong. I think it's ethically and, and morally wrong that this is the Intent rule should now. matter. It should be the foundation of how we judge any of this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You would think so, right? But no, that's how powerful this narrative is. And then on the other side of things... You can say absolutely anything you want about uh, white men yes. in our discourse. Anything. You can say that, uh, that that the rapists are all white men. You can say that the murderers are all white white men. Whatever. You can say anything you want, and there are zero professional, cultural, or other consequences really whatsoever. I mean, you just know you can do that and say that. So this is how far it's gone, um, and this is, I think, something that, when you look at wokeness, it, it can sound very uh, academic to a lot of people. We're like, well, we're looking at DEI training, all of this stuff. We either uh, fight for a standard where everyone is treated based upon, as you said, treated on uh, who they are, not how they look or what their ethnicity is, um, or else you're always just dealing with this. The only consistent standard has to be human beings or individuals. We're all equal in God's eyes and the eyes of the law, truly equal in the eyes of the law, not, well, you know, historic, no. No, that's not how it goes. Um, so it's essentially just really the fight for objective truth and objective standards. That's what it actually comes down to. Because what they want is always, and this is what intersectionality, which you don't hear a lot anymore. That term became very popular a few years ago. Intersectionality, some people say, is effectively racial Marxism, which is where society is just interlocking racial groups with different levels of oppression. And we all have yes. to become familiar with them. And everything must be judged through that prism. This is completely unworkable for a society. It's insane. It's also immoral. Um, but it has become very common. And Democrats, they, if you ever see like certain Democrats, they'll sit there and, uh, you know, it reminds me of Gavin, the Gavin Newsom thing, for example, with Adam Carolla many years ago. And that was many years ago. That was over yeah. like a decade ago where he, and this is about Hispanics. He just says, well, why do, why do so few Hispanics in your state of California have a checking account? It's entirely free. You just walk in and get a checking account. So why is that the fault of society? And and all Gavin Newsom knew was that the blame must be put on other, you know, on the system. And, yeah, and that's right. why he had no answer for it whatsoever. You see that over and over again, that all the Democrats know are those baseline rules. You can always blame the system, and by the system they mean white people. And 
I would just point out that you probably will not see or hear that clip discussed anywhere and uh, on, on the left in America. And but they would defend it if 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 it turned into a story, they would be like, oh, yeah, well, this is totally acceptable. And I just bring it back to as a part of the 2024 Republican primary race and certainly into the election itself. I hope the eventual nominee comes over the top with a lot of these facts and helps to the the, the one thing I would say about Trump uh, that in terms of discourse He's proven that the American public does not believe in cancel culture, and they're not seeking to fire someone over a uh, a slip of the tongue. And I think sharing actual facts is the only way, Buck, we can ever solve anything in this country. And if you don't, if you really want to reduce murders, you have to point out who's actually committing the murders and where they're occurring, which is the foundation of trying to keep less of them from happening. And that brings to bear something we mentioned earlier, which is, I'm sure you saw, and we talked about it a little bit, uh, the Oakland NAACP. They put out a pretty fascinating statement where they just kind of threw their hands up and finally said, hey, we've been sold a bill of goods out here in the Bay Area, and we're all reaping the consequences of the lies that have been sold about how to make our community safer. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, we, we've reached out to, uh, trying to get in touch with Bukele, the, uh, president of El Salvador, because to take a country that was one of the most violent in the world and in a number of years make it one of the safest in the Western world, at least, it's remarkable. But, um, he did this really crazy thing where he just decided, uh, we're going to enforce the law and lock up criminals who are a threat to people, irrespective of, what the you know UN human rights groups complain about, yep. and irrespective of what the demographics are, it is ninety nine percent men and ninety nine percent MS thirteen and uh, and other gang members. Um, so he just goes, we're going to lock people up, and we're going to keep the uh, other ninety nine percent of society safe. So it's interesting what happens when you do that. If your cell phone service is with AT and T, Verizon, or T Mobile, you're spending far too much money every month for the exact service you can get from Pure Talk. Customers of Pure Talk are enjoying a big upgrade now, too, with more data added to their plan without any price increase. Their monthly plan for all that data, as well as unlimited calls and texts, is just $20 a month. Just $20 a month for unlimited talk, text, and now 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspot. That's a great value and a reason to finally say goodbye to your current carrier with an easy switch over to Pure Talk. We like Pure Talk for other reasons, too. They're veteran-owned, and they keep jobs here at home in the U.S. Their Pure Talk customer service team is entirely U.S.-based. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Dial pound 250 and say Clay and Buck to make the switch to Pure Talk. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, and make the switch to Pure Talk today. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Stay current with what Clay and Buck are saying on TV. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. Welcome back in. Final hour of the week. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we are rolling through the Friday edition of the program. As always, encourage you, go subscribe to the Clay and Buck podcast. So much cool, original content there that you can't find anywhere else. Long-form discussion with me and Ron DeSantis. Buck has got tons of great interviews, plus Tudor Dixon's podcast network rolling through as a part of the Clay and Buck universe. And 
Many more to come as we come down the stretch of the summer here. Trust me, you're going to love it. Of course, we also appreciate all of you listening on the iHeartRadio app. And if you are in a community that, for whatever reason, does not have our radio show, you can stream and download this show live every single day with the iHeartRadio app. All right, um, Buck, you and I have talked a lot over the years. And by the way, we've been talking about all of the latest news of the day, the additional Trump charges. You could hear us break down all of that uh, by downloading the podcast, listening along. But I wanted to make sure we don't forget about what's happened and what the Democrats did to us and what their allies and big corporate government did to us. But this morning I woke up and I was reading our friend Alex Berenson, who was fearless when it came to reporting uh, on the truth of COVID. He's got a uh, piece up this morning saying a new Swiss study shows that the mRNA COVID shots have caused far more heart damage than was previously known, not just to young men either. In fact, here... The headline is, COVID jabs have caused silent heart damage to tens of millions of people, a shocking new study suggests. And it's and then here's the subheading, Moderna's COVID booster caused one in 35 people to have heart injuries detectable with blood tests, Swiss doctors report. Uh, will the CDC or American researchers take note? One in 35. One in in 35, according to this Swiss research. And, Buck, what percentage of people do you think would have ever gotten a COVID shot if you had been told, hey, you have a 1 in 35 chance of doing damage to your heart or you can roll the dice on surviving a virus with, depending on your age, a 999 nine plus percent chance of survival particularly if you were in your teenage years if you were in your 20s you were in your 30s i mean this is this is scary research again this is from the swiss uh we'll see how much attention it gets in the united states but my goodness i want to tie this in with another testimony here in a minute but what percentage people do you think would have done that they lied and they're gonna have to keep lying because clay uh, they didn't allow people to make the basic risk analysis and calculation of all of this, right? They yes. they stacked the deck. They shut down criticism. I mean, think about this, right? Uh, imagine if if somebody was saying, "Hey, you know, I don't know if you guys should get on this type of plane because you'll probably be fine, but you know, something like one in a thousand of these may have a serious mechanical failure, and you could be at risk." And they said, "Shut up! You're not allowed to say that." You're not allowed to tell anybody about that. Everybody gets on this plane. No one's allowed to know what the percentage of the risk is of getting on the plane. Uh, just as an aside, commercial aviation is actually incredibly safe. It's so safe it's <laughs> almost boring to talk about. But I'm just saying, you know, theoretically, yeah. right? If, and, and, and it wasn't as safe, you know, 50 years ago. Um, people would be outraged about that. And, and if you were selling, and this is actually a much better example, Clay, if you were selling a drug that was meant to treat uh, hypertension, let's say. And they said, you know what? It's uh, it's super rare, the liver damage that it does. And we think it's so important because of all the, all the heart attacks it will prevent that we're just not going to tell people about the liver damage. Not only would the company get sued and maybe go bankrupt, people might go to prison over that, right? I mean, you, no you can't do that. And if this data, if this comes out and it is true that there were, it, you know, there was a lot more damage done to people. I think it's a very apt comparison. 
And I think there need to be consequences. The problem is they diffuse so much. Um, they made everyone accessories to this, or, or not everybody, but as many people as they could. They diffuse so much responsibility that that's going to be the game they play. We didn't know. It was somebody else's decision. We just went with the experts. You know, another part of this, and, and by the way, again, this is a Swiss study. You're probably not going to hear it talked about very much because they want to pretend now that they never tried to mandate COVID shots. But also what we do know is if you're a woman, your menstrual cycle was impacted by the COVID shot. Could have been. Um, that's already acknowledged. No one is debating it. Allison Williams, Buck, was an ESPN sideline reporter. She and her husband were working on trying to have a second child. She testified yesterday in front of Congress about ESPN, which is owned by Disney, mandating that everyone get the COVID shot. She went to her doctor. She was in the process, as many of you out there have been, of trying to have a baby. She didn't want to uh, risk getting a COVID shot. Uh, and injecting this mRNA into uh, into her body while she was in the process of trying to get to trying to get pregnant, she got her doctor to say, "Okay, you have a medical exemption." ESPN refused to allow the medical exemption from her doctor. She then also filed for a religious exemption. ESPN refused to allow her to use a religious exemption. And Buck, they told her, "If you don't get the COVID shot, you are fired." Listen to part of her testimony from Capitol Hill yesterday. I had a valid and sincere opposition to this injection in regards to my scheduled IVF transfer. I also have valid and sincere religious objections to the COVID-19 vaccine. The extent and basis of my beliefs were questioned and they were discussed at length with human resources representatives from ESPN. The sincerity of my religious beliefs was acknowledged, but it was determined I could not continue to be employed without creating an undue burden upon the company. I was given one week to comply and get the injection or be separated from the company. I did not receive the vaccine as my beliefs did not change in that week and therefore was terminated as an employee with ESPN in October of 2021. And just like that, newly pregnant, I was stripped of my job, my health insurance, and having my personal and medical decisions the topic of national news. Okay, Buck. First of all, I know Allison a little bit. I mean, standing on the courage of your convictions is hard. ESPN fired her while she was pregnant, stripped her of her health insurance, refused to allow her uh, to in any way make a religious or health-related uh, e- exemption. I imagine there's a lot of people out there who've been going through IVF. It's incredibly expensive. And while you're in that process, the last thing you want to do is upset your body's biochemistry. I-, I-, I am furious for people like Allison. And remember, Buck, Joe Biden tried to make it the case. So ESPN should be ashamed. And ESPN should publicly apologize to her uh, and everyone else they fired over this. And so should every company in America, by the way. But Joe Biden tried to mandate that every American just about who works at a decent-sized company in America, 84 million of us, either get the COVID shot or be fired. And it's like everybody's just forgotten about it. The only reason that wasn't upheld was because, thankfully, the Supreme Court said no. I feel so strongly about this. That I, and I really believe this, and I, I know that this will sound um, this will sound like exaggeration for effect on the radio. I would I would be entirely comfortable making the case that on that alone, I don't care what they say about Trump. I don't care what yeah. the charges are that they have leveled so far. It doesn't even scratch the surface for me. 
in comparison to what Joe Biden tried to do to the American people in the most dictatorial and horrific fashion we've ever seen in a medical context or decision in living memory, at least in this country. Um, I, I think that a vote against Biden is justified on this alone. I don't care what they say about Trump. I, it doesn't matter to me. I, I will, I will vote against Biden. And there's all the other things that we talk about every day. But for me, you can be a single issue voter on this, this one thing of what Joe Biden tried to do to the American people with that shot and what was done by a lot of Democrats in a lot of states, including at the point I was living there, my home state of New York. Single issue voter? No, never again. Never again. And I, I, any independent, any person, any swing voter and any sane Democrat, if they said to me, you know, I believe a lot of the stuff they're saying about Trump, but I don't care what Joe did on the vaccines. That's unforgivable. I think that's entirely intellectually and, and ethically supportable. A hundred percent it is. And by the way, Allison, good story there. Healthy baby had a second hey, child. Good. Uh, so I, I, I bet she wouldn't there- change. I bet she wouldn't change her decision, Clay. She 100% would not change her decision, and, and she's speaking out now. Uh, she said, I remember, I remember talking to her when this whole thing blew up. She was pregnant. Like She didn't want to be the center of the world over her personal health care decision. Uh, but when they fired her, another positive here, Fox Sports hired her. So she is still doing sideline work for Fox Sports. Uh, he probably doesn't want the, the praise here, but the head of Fox Sports, Eric Shanks, saw this story uh he's a friend of mine he's an awesome guy he's been there a long time and he said you know this is this is wrong and uh and he did his best to get her uh hired at fox sports so she can do uh work with uh the the fox sports company on sideline reporting she's fantastic she's super talented she's doing a great job at espn but to me what is so important about what she testified yesterday buck is there are millions of allison williams out there millions and this is one of the things, to your point, Buck, if you're a suburban mom, have you forgotten what they did to your kids? Have you forgotten what they did to your family? Have you forgotten having to put that mask on your kid even though you knew it was totally worthless because Democrats were telling you that if you didn't have that mask on your kids that they would uh, that they would die of COVID? Have you forgotten that they made your kids sit in front of a remote learning uh, laptop or whatever it would have been in a totally worthless remote learning concept. I I understand, and we've talked about this a lot, but I think we need to keep hammering it into 2024. I understand that some of you may out there may be huge Trump people, and some of you may be Vivek or or DeSantis. And right now, there's a lot of tempest, uh, as there will be during the course of the Republican primary, as everybody waves the flag of the guy or girl they like the best. But understand. When you have this choice, ultimately, next year, you are being asked to render a verdict on whether you believe Joe Biden or whoever the Democrat is going to be was honest and forthright and and and, and didn't hide the truth from you during COVID and during his tenure. And if you vote Democrat, frankly, I don't understand how your brain works. I really don't. Uh, can, I, can I say that, you know, we were hoping in 2022 there would be that reckoning that we talked about, but there were smoke screens thrown up. There were other things. Uh, Sinsing, you know, now the polling is showing that it's what, it's what I thought would happen, but it just took a little more time. Abortion in a lot of these states is likely to be much less of an issue because yeah. the blue states, nothing changed. 
and other states, people see what actually the rules are. And, you know, if you're in a very red state, well, guess what? You're in a very red state. Um, so I think that'll be less of an issue the next time around. There was also some of the, um, 2020 election stuff, but putting all that, all that aside, Joe Biden was really the one who is the most egregious COVID criminal. I know we talked about the other context in which he's a criminal and those are all true. Yes. Um, but the, the COVID, uh, the crimes of COVID that he committed against the country have never really been, uh, put to the test by the voter. Um, he wasn't on the ballot in 2022. As it stands right now, things could change, but as it stands right now, he will be on the ballot in 2024. And, and I think that the American people do need to be reminded. He was saying that it, we were facing a winter of death for the unvaccinated. The, 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 um, moral blackmail, the constant, just insidious, um, undermining and, and slights of all kinds from the White House over this issue that they were, entirely wrong on not a single person out there who chose not to get the shot was in any way a greater danger to anyone around them than everyone who got shots three four five six seven not one person because we know what actually ended up happening they were wrong about it stopping the spread and they were also wrong about the scale of the side effects those are just matters of fact now the fact that joe biden hasn't had to do a at least a speech where he tries to do some mealy-mouthed apology over this is appalling appalling Here's my biggest concern about Trump on this issue, Buck. And this is something for everybody to just put it in their back pocket and think about because obviously the, in theory, we're going to have debates next year, presuming that Trump were the nominee. Is he willing to go after Biden? Balls to the wall on this issue. There are a lot of issues you can attack Biden on. This is one where there is no defense. And I, I hope that Trump is going to be willing to go after Biden just absolutely level him over this on a public forum, because that's one of the few times, Buck, you get the opportunity to speak to those undecideds in the debate. On 9-11, 2,977 people lost their lives, and today, 9-11-related illnesses continue to take lives, yet a whole generation knows little to nothing about our nation's darkest day. The Tunnel of the Towers 9-11 Institute's writing this wrong by educating kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about 9-11. Their nonfiction first-person accounts are told through videos and the book series. These accounts are moving and unparalleled. Kids won't forget the true stories. The Institute offers full curriculum units with scripted social studies lessons, activities, and background for teachers. They've got a speakers bureau for classrooms with access to 9-11 first responders, survivors, and loved ones. To never forget, we must educate future generations. Let's help our nation honor its vow. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Truth seeking. Reality telling. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. 
The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and a top-tier data security system. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America, for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average size family saves almost $1,000 a year. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash clay and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash clay to switch to the cell phone company my family relies on, Pure Talk. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome back in. We are joined now by the man that I think does a better job of breaking down everything in this crazy legal world that we find ourselves in on a day-to-day basis. Frankly, I mean, I went to law school and a lot of this stuff is like crazy legal hypotheticals for people out there who who don't go to law school. I mean, Andy, it's when you do a law school exam, they try to come up with all sorts of crazy legal hypotheticals for you to analyze. And if you were in con law, it's like all of the crazy legal hypotheticals that you might have to analyze are actually now playing out in real time, and there's not a lot of precedent for anything that's going on. And so I want to start with this. By the way, condolences to your Mets. I'm headed down to watch the Braves play this weekend. I thought it was going to be a race in the division. You guys just have fallen flat on your face. Yeah, so so why don't we trade the best player on the team yeah, to the Marlins, who are six games behind? You know, you just can't even make it up. Uh, all right, so let's start. Let's start here. Um, I just told Buck, and we'll get into the latest charges and everything else, but I want to start with the Hunter Biden thing because I thought that was that was crazy. So I've got a theory for you. I want to hear what you think about this theory, and then I want you to kind of contextualize for our audience 
how unprecedented what we saw in that plea agreement hearing it really was. So here's my theory, Andy. I think the prosecution made a uh, private deal as a part of this larger plea agreement. They said, hey, we're not going to bring any additional charges against Hunter. You have my word. Uh, This is a done deal. And then Judge Noriega recognized that this thing is very strangely designed. And when she was requiring the prosecutors to say in public court, hey, this is all done, there's no more charges being brought, they weren't willing to do that, and that then angered. So it's public versus private discussions. That then angered the Hunter Biden team. Do you buy into that theory and then kind of contextualize for us how crazy what we saw earlier in this week in this hearing really was based on your experience? I 90% buy your theory. The only quibble I have with it is that it's what happened is actually more audacious than what you described because the agreement, the nod and a wink agreement that we're talking about was not private. It was actually tucked away in the diversion agreement. So, They did write it. It's just that in a normal plea agreement, you would put the immunity term in the plea agreement. Here, what they did was they didn't put the immunity term in the tax plea agreement. They had this other document, the diversion agreement, which they were telling everybody was, oh, that's just, uh, you know, the arrangement we've made to make his gun case go away. But paragraph 15 of the diversion agreement, which the court does not have to sign off on, by the way, um, states exactly what you just described, Clay, which is that, you know, basically they uh, are never going to prosecute him for anything ever again. And, and they the were embarrassed they to say that, that publicly. They were trying to slide it by. That's the part you agree with, and that's what the judge pointed to, and it blew up. Yes, I, I think politically they could not admit that that was true. But it Andy, was absolutely have you, true. Andy, have you ever... In all your, you you did over twenty. What was it? Twenty three years in the Southern District of New York. Did were you ever aware yeah, of, seen, no. or a part of any kind of a federal criminal plea negotiation or you know plea situation like what just unfolded in Delaware? Not only is the answer to that no, Buck, but um, I was never involved in something that was a sham. So that kind of uh, tells you everything you need to know. First of all, I mean just. Like common sense, which is not lawyer stuff, but just common sense stuff. If you really had a continuing investigation, and this goes to Clay's point where they had to pretend that they had a continuing investigation um, when, the, when the judge started to ask not exactly the most exacting questions of all time. I mean, this thing fell apart like a, like a cheap tent. But um, if you really did have a continuing investigation and they said they did and that Hunter could be charged, then why on earth would you ever give one of the main subjects of the investigation a plea deal to two misdemeanors in the middle of your ongoing investigation, a plea deal where you promise him that you'll recommend a sentence of probation when you're supposedly conducting a serious investigation that's ongoing into a big multi-million dollar bribery conspiracy. Nobody would ever do that. And secondly, the way they orchestrated this one of the things we ought to be looking more closely at is the statement of facts that they incorporated by reference into both the plea agreement and the diversion agreement. Because l- let's like 
take a step back and say, what's the Biden corruption investigation about, right? They have a bribery conspiracy that's supposedly under investigation where foreign elements are paying million dollars into the Biden coffers. And what they're doing is trying to hide where the money is coming from. One way they do that is by this maze of uh, LLCs and accounts and, and banking channels that they hide the money in. But another important way they do it is that Hunter doesn't pay his taxes, um, which would, if he paid them honestly would be a big problem for a scheme like that. That's your theory of the continuing investigation. Now, what is the statement of facts that they filed say? It says that Hunter got all this money because he's a really sophisticated lawyer who has high-end uh, international and domestic clients, and he didn't pay his taxes, not because he was trying to hide the money, but because he was drug-addled. Yeah. Now, it's one thing for Hunter to have that version of events. The Justice Department signed on to that as a stipulation in connection with th these agreements. Which, so by the way, I Andy, am... is about trying to argue that they were going to have difficulty proving that he willfully choose not to pay his chose not to pay his taxes, right? I think that's the fig leaf here that the, the Justice Department is trying to argue. Oh, we have to take this plea agreement because they're trying to argue that this is somehow a tough case because of the willful yeah, right. standard, despite all of the evidence that he did willfully choose not to pay his taxes. Exactly right, because. The, the way that you prove that is, of course, by bringing in all the bribery stuff, which shows the powerful motive not to to uh, disclose, uh, which we, you would have to do with respect to your taxes. And I also think, Clay, on on this point, like you, you go back to your law school exam point, the statute of limitations here. I keep hearing all this commentary saying, you know, it's too bad that they've gone so long uh, that they've now lost the 2014 and 2015 tax uh, tax counts. The, you know, the failure to pay tax where they didn't charge him with evasion, which is the, the crime they should have charged him with. But what they're not saying is, what are those 2014 and 2015 counts? We now know that's the Burisma bribery scheme. Yeah. So if you indict those counts and you tell the story of how that money came to be, you have to get into the bribery. And, of course, they don't want to do that, so they let those counts lapse. It's unbelievable as you lay this out. Andy, can, um, can baseball season wait a few more minutes and come back? Because we got a Trump superseding indictment to talk to you about. Can you give us a few more? Oh, yeah. All sure. right. All right. Because we got to dive into that, folks, right? We're going to get a special counsel. Yeah, we got, we got a lot. We got a lot. All right. We're going to get into it in one second. But first up, folks, uh, Andy McCarthy is going to stay with us on the flip side. Dutch Mendenhall, the co-founder and CEO of Rad Diversified, has written and released a new book that takes on a big topic, debt in America. The book is called Money Shackles. What are these money shackles he writes about? Let me give you two examples. College debt is one. Car loans is another. In his book, he'll give you his strategies to use debt to your advantage and tap into lucrative alternative investment vehicles to redefine your American dream. Dutch is on a mission to be at the forefront of the greatest financial change in American history and look beyond Wall Street and see the future of alternative investments. Now no longer just available for the super rich. The old American dream is dying fast. Get ready for the redefined American dream with money shackles. Learn more at therad.com that's the t-h-e-r-a-d therad.com don't miss a minute of clay and buck and get behind the scene access to special content for members only subscribe to cnb 24 7 all right we're here with andy mccarthy of national review and fox news former federal prosecutor andy i want to keep my uh my words here tight because we got a lot to cover in only a few minutes okay trump the indictment 
When is it coming down? And what do you think about this superseding indictment that just came out in the last 24 hours? I think uh, he's in a Tuesday, Thursday grand jury, I think, Buck. I really expected it yesterday so they could step on the uh, Hunter story. But I would imagine it's going to come early next week. I'd like to think that the Trump lawyers may have given them a lot of pause yesterday because I think this indictment has a lot of legal problems as compared to the uh, Mar-a-Lago thing. And I think they superseded the Mar-a-Lago thing because they may be worried that the obstruction charges really rely heavily on the testimony from Trump's lawyer. And if the judge in Florida doesn't agree with the judge in Washington that Trump lost his attorney-client privilege in that connection, then if they lose the lawyer's testimony, they have a lot of problems proving the obstruction part of the case. So I think this guy that they indicted yesterday and this whole thing about the surveillance tapes is probably meant to shore up the obstruction part of the case. Andy, what do you think about that? You, you raised that. I think it's an important legal issue here. Most of the rulings that allowed the charges to be filed in South Florida actually were made by a judge in Washington, D.C., and now a new judge, Eileen Cannon, down in South Florida, has to look at all those choices that were made by the D.C. judge. Is that a common situation? I, I, you, you would be far more uh, uh, familiar with this, but I, I don't think that happens very often where you basically have an entire grand jury proceeding that you set up in D.C. and suddenly decide, wait, maybe we have a issue with jurisdiction and basically take an already begun process and then bring it down to South Florida. How do you think those uh, those rulings will be interpreted by Eileen Cannon, and how from, how commonplace is a decision like that? I doubt that she's going to feel like Cannon is going to feel like she needs to defer to the District of Columbia judges. But I right. would say, Clay, this comes up in special counsel investigations in particular, and always with respect to Trump, because special counsels decide to plant their flag in Washington. And the reason they do that, this isn't discussed very often, but Washington has a kind of a funky local rule in federal court there that all grand jury matters go to the chief judge. And the chief judge in Washington for a number of years was Beryl Howell, who made the rulings that we're talking about. Beryl Howell was was Pat Leahy's uh, main lawyer on the Judiciary Committee all those years. She was a sharp-elbowed partisan. Obama put her on. Uh, the D.C. District Court, and then she became the chief judge. And they very much like, if you had an investigation into Trump people, they like having the investigation in the District of Columbia. And and she reliably ruled uh, in favor of the special counsels and against Trump, uh, you know, for years. So um, I I think that's one of those things that you wish that uh, there was more attention to in some of the coverage. What's it looking like, Andy, in terms of the the timing? We've seen at least the South Florida trial is set to happen before the election would would go down. How does that affect whether you think this is uh, imminent January six special counsel charge would be scheduled in here? And um, and then if you could also just tell us if he's going to be found guilty in both of those, that'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't see how this. I really, I continue not to see how the uh, Mar-a-Lago case gets to trial prior to the election, because it's controlled by the Classified Information Procedures Act, where they have to make all the rulings about admissibility of classified information before the trial. 
and so that things can be declassified and made public because we don't you know we don't clear we don't get security clearances for the jury what you do is you litigate before trial to make sure that everything's coming into the case uh is declassified if they're going to now you know it's i think it's hard enough to get this to trial by may if you're now going to start superseding the indictment and adding new defendants who have to get lawyers who are cleared and are are able to get all that discovery, I think this has to set them back. I know the judge is trying to keep control of this, but I, I've just been in a few of these litigations, and they're very they take a long time. Andy, I, I want to uh, circle back for a minute to the Hunter Biden uh, situation, and Buck and I were talking about this off air. It's not only, and I'm curious how you would analyze this, it's not only that there was a, you know, basically secret attempted goal to keep Hunter Biden from having to be prosecuted again going forward. By saying, and I want you to break this down, tell me if, if you agree with me, by saying there's an ongoing investigation, that also protects uh, the district attorney uh, in this case, Weiss, as well as Merrick Garland and others from having to actually testify under oath about the Hunter Biden investigation because they can fall back on, well, that's an ongoing investigation and we don't comment on ongoing investigations. To me, that's also a big part of the attempted cover-up here. Am I wrong? Do you see that? No, I think you're not only right. It's always made me curious about why Garland didn't just appoint some hack a Democrat lawyer to be a special counsel on the Hunter case uh, because they would have, you know, they, of course they would then say the special counsel investigation is ongoing and therefore we can't comment. And I think the fact that he hasn't done that, Clay, indicates that they're really worried about somebody independent. I don't think they think the, that President Biden politically could survive a, a regular, normal Justice Department investigation. How do you think that plays out, Andy? What do you think comes next in the just absurd and kind of surreal uh, DOJ effort to make things go away for Hunter. Do you think that they just get a new plea deal done, and or what happens? Well, let me, let me say this, Buck. You know, somebody asked me on the air the other day, um, so what happens now that this fell apart? Does he go to trial? And my answer was, go to trial on what? Because you may notice, They've never filed an indictment. We have, like, lots of indictments, lots of indictments against Trump. This is an investigation that's gone on for five years where they know what the charges are, and they've never filed an indictment. And they've never done that for the same reason that they didn't describe the crimes that he was getting immunity from in the plea agreement, which is politically, first of all, you couldn't describe this politically without uh, without great damage to the Biden Justice Department if you laid out all the crimes that they actually have evidence on. And the second thing is you would never be able to get uh, a, a plea agreement to two misdemeanor charges if you laid out an indictment with all the charges are. But most importantly, an indictment is the thing that stops the clock. Um, without an indictment, the statute of limitations runs. So the reason there's no indictment and the reason these guys are, you know, I mean, the judge just gave them 30 days, right? You got get back to me in 30 days. That sounds tough. And I think the judge did a great job the other day. But every day that goes by, counts are disappearing because they've never indicted the case. This is wild. Oh, it's infuriating. Last question for you, Andy, and you're fantastic. We appreciate the time. You know, it's kind of a black hole in the there's a special counsel that is also investigating Joe Biden. 
Uh, we haven't heard a word. There's been no leaks. Quickly here, how would you assess that? Well, I think all you need to know is that he didn't get uh, authority. Robert Hurd did not get authority to look at the Biden the Biden corruption scandal, whereas the Trump special counsel got authority to look at everything. Yep. So the fix is in there, too, very obviously. Andy, it, we definitely live in interesting legal times. The Constitution is <laughs> shrieking out in agony day in and day out. But anyway, Andy, always great to be with you, uh, or have you with us, rather. Andy McCarthy of National Review, thanks for being here. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Clay, it's even almost crazier than we had been saying, and we have been saying it's completely insane. So this is the world if we live in now. you just got in your car and heard only a part of that, I really would encourage you guys to all go back and listen and share that with your friends. That's a super detailed take on just how corrupt the Bidens are. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation supports America's greatest heroes, our service members, and first responders who die or are severely injured in the line of duty as well as homeless veterans. These are heroes we all owe a debt of gratitude to. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responders, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us. We're honoring the men and women who risk their lives and bodies for our country and our communities. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America with over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Not to mention there are dozens of golf outings and barbecues. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute educates kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Hear fascinating animal stories to explore wildlife across the globe in Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife. Starting March 15th, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.